Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Comedian's Paradise. This is a podcast where we speak to exhilarating, transcendent, adventurous, and harmonious people from across every crook and fanny you can come across. We, we talk to a wide range of different characters who will give you unique insights that will make you and me live this comedic journey as a comedian on our own terms. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Give us a five-star review rating on Amazon or iTunes. But most importantly, subscribe and enjoy this fantastic journey and join in with me as we go on this journey together to live a life on our own terms. Now, today's guest is a fantastic comedian all the way from San Diego. He is Bilal Young, a man who grew up in Cleveland. He started his chops on the urban and mainstream comedy circuit in Houston, then traveled, got a job in San Diego with his family, and is now a staple in the San Diego scene. He is a storm of energy and is a very passionate comedian who is going to give us the attitude, the focus, and intriguing discussions that we're all going to love. Let's speak to Bilal. It's all, it's all been like that. And, and what, what do you see as the, how, how does the scene compare with what you like is because I spoke to some comedians in Boston and San Francisco, and they're saying that quite a few clubs that used to be around closed down, but there are quite a few still left. Is that the same place in San Diego? Well, all the clubs are still, they're up, still up and running. There, we had a one club that went, uh, I want to say went down, but it's just somebody took it over. It was a comedy palace. Now it's going to be, uh, it's trans- transitioning to being called, named something else. But all the other comedy clubs, has, yeah, they still up and running. Hmm. And so you, you come away from Cleveland. What uh-huh. was what was your experience like there? And what made you how did it lead into San Diego? And what made you become a comedian? Well, I was in uh I grew up in Cleveland and then I moved to I played basketball in college and then uh I had an injury, almost uh ruptured my Achilles. And uh, it was like a whole mental thing. So uh, I didn't finish college. I ended up going to um, LA. I ended up going to LA. And I was, uh, at that time, I wasn't going on stage. I was just going to the comedy clubs and just watch, and just sit in the back of the comedy store in LA and just watch the bigger names go up. And I would watch why they were getting booked. And I would watch the comedians that wasn't doing so good, <clears throat> excuse me, and I would understand why they wouldn't get booked. So it was a whole, like, I took about four years 
to really just be a a, a savant of, of you know the knowledge of comedy and how to the writing process and uh you know the tempo of a joke uh working out a joke um reading the crowd so um I did that for about four years uh for about two years and then I went to Houston um because you know I, I was in a relationship uh, I went to Houston for about two years and then I uh moved back I moved back to LA and then unexpectedly I had a child and then I moved back to Houston and that's where my comedy career actually like started like when I got on stage for the first time is when I became a father and uh yeah when I started in Houston it was a whole ball a whole new ball game because I'm used to being I'm used to watching the comedians in LA at the uh, comedy store and at the improv and you know all these little small places in LA and then I go to Houston where the scene is like uh raw I will go to the like the black rooms and I will go to the to the black rooms trying to tell jokes like trying to tell like stories and stuff and I will bomb so I bombed my whole first year on stage like the whole first year I bombed on stage because I didn't understand the difference of rooms. See, when you do a when you do a white room, they want to hear the joke structure. They want to hear your material. They want to hear how you how how uh, how you articulate your your uh, your point of view. But in a black room, they want to hear like you roasting somebody. They want to hear you. That's how. That's their way of of saying that you're funny or not. That's how you get your respect in the black room, right? How quick you can be on your feet. So when I, uh, and I, I didn't understand that until the year, uh, a whole nother year later that the black room is just about uh, being quick on your feet, learning how to do crowd work, learning how to be uh, real, uh, how to learn how to do crowd work and then get back into your, into your material. Because once you got a, with the black room, you kill them with the uh, crowd work, you got them on your side, then you can intertwine your your material that fits that setting and then do some more crowd work. So once I went to Houston, that's when I, uh, you know, I got my chops and then I got a job offer in San Diego. So me and my family moved to San, the, the plan was always to come back to LA, but I got the job offer in San Diego and me and my family came out here in 2018. I believe 2018 and uh that's when I just hit the ground and the uh comedy scene in San Diego just used to want to open mics just get my name out there and then one thing led it to another and then here we here we are today where I'm uh producing the West Young experience and uh you know which is pretty much the best raw comedy show in Southern California right now uh I'm featuring on a lot of spots right now uh all around San Diego I'm, perform with some of the uh some of the young best comedians out right now teddy ray uh i've done a show with ryan davis i've done a show with a lot of well-known comedians so it's been a uh it's been a great adventure to say to say the least and it's only getting started so and how, so two questions i'd like to go from there is like how long have you been doing comedy for and like is the structure of the American scene is like your open spot, your open mic, then your open spot doing maybe 10 minutes and then you become a feature, you do 20 minutes and then you become a headliner. 
I've only been doing comedy for four years. Ah. So, uh, yeah, I've only been doing comedy for four years. And the open mic, the, the way we do it in America is uh, you, you go to an open mic and it's like you put your name in the hat and you get your, you get, you get your name drawn. If you get your name drawn, you get three minutes. You don't get 10 minutes. Y'all get 10 minutes out there? No, we, well, it, it depends on which part of the UK. So in London, it's five minutes. But if okay. you go outside of the UK, sorry, London, um, certain parts of like up north, you get 10 minutes, but it's mostly five wow. minutes. Wow. Well, some places, some places in, uh, in the US, you get five minutes. Some places you get five minutes, but most places like LA, like the most dominant, the most dominant comedy cities like New York, LA, Atlanta, uh, Chicago, Houston, um it's three minutes three to five minutes basically mm. 10 minutes is more of an open like it's like an open spot eight to ten minutes it's like an open 12 to uh 10 to 12 it's like your you know your second person uh one of your features and then like 15 to 20s is your your super feature and then from like uh 30 to 45 is your hairliner mm. and I spoke to um, a comedian from Boston, so he's Casey McNeil, and he says when he tries to build a 45-minute set, he focuses on building five, like nine five-minute sets, and then he right. puts it all together. So what I do is, if I, I'm getting ready to play uh, one of the main comedy clubs here in San Diego, downtown San Diego, it's called the American Comedy Company. I'm getting ready to do 15, and I'm getting ready to tape it. Uh, I'm probably, and it's all, it's all new material. I'm doing all new material, but I've worked it out before. So, uh, out of that 15, I'll probably get 10 good minutes out of it. And then out of that 10 minutes, and then I'll take that 10 and I'll put that to the side. I'll take the 10, I'll take that 10 minutes. That's, I'll take the meat of that 15. I'll take that and I'll, I'll put that to the side. All right, let's say I got 10 minutes out of that. Now, the next time I do a spot, they give me 15. I do a whole new set. I do a whole new set and I take the meat of that 15 and put that to the side. So if I have 10 minutes to the side and I got another 15, I got another great 15 out of that. Now I got 20 minutes of, now I got uh, 20 minutes of good material. So what I do is I take that 20 and I just work that 20. I just work it, 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 work it. And so I know it's really good. So now I got 20 minutes in the pocket that I know is good. And I just, every time I get booked, I just take a new 15 and then just work it. Hmm. And then I just grab, and I just grab the meat of that and, and put it. Now, if I do another 15, let's say I only got five good minutes out of it, which is understandable, which could happen. Now I got 25 minutes, 25 minutes of, of solid material. Now what I do is I'll take that 25 minutes, I'll tape it. Okay. I'll tape it and then I'll shop, I'll sh shop it out. Okay. And one of the things <clears throat> that I've heard that, ca that has been, like, I've, there's a lot of big YouTubers, comedians like Andrew mm -hmm. Schultz and like, sugar sammy who put a lot of crowd work things and they get a lot of responses from that but i hear from some comics that they put a, some of their best stuff unlisted and then send it promoters 
Is that something you do or do you just like, right, I'm going to put my best stuff, let people see it and go from there? No, yeah. Yeah. I, I, to each his own, you know, that's why comedy is, is like, it's the best entity of entertainment to me because everybody got their own, everybody got their own thing, but we all can, can get to the, get to that main point, you know, which is yeah. taping, the, taping the special. So with me, I want you to see my best, you know? When I when I tape, I want you to see my best. When you come see me live, I want you to see my best. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the things. And there's so many different kinds of comedians. Like there's there's mm -hmm. in in the UK we have people that do the you know the mainstream circuit and do straight stand up. And then there's others that just do the festival circuit mm -hmm. where they do all these elaborate magic tricks, uh, circus based sort of comedy, and all these weird things, character acts. So, is, that, yeah, go ahead. Because I was going to ask you a question, because you mentioned that there's the mainstream circuit and then there's the black circuit in Houston. Is it the same sort of thing in San Diego as well? No. No. So it's not a black, it's like an urban circuit. Okay. Yeah, it's like, it's like a, it's like an urban circuit. I'm just so used to seeing blacks. I'm just so used to seeing like the black rooms because that's what, you know what I'm saying? But it's not just the black rooms. You got because there's some there's some white comedians that go to the urban room. So the urban room is like where you get your it's where you get your respect. You know, is where you get. And in San Diego, they don't have no urban scene. Ah, they don't have no urban scene. And when I first got to San Diego, I I sat back and there's a guy out here in San Diego. His name is P Man, and Right before the COVID, he used to do these uh, P-Man Raw comedy shows. And he would do it once a month, but he would do two shows on a Friday. And he would literally have a uh, the line wrapped around the building because it was the only urban show in San Diego. And he and I, I sat back and I, I've, I've done the show like twice. And I've sat back and I'm like, man, the reason why everybody's coming out because there's this is the only urban show in San Diego. So I took that and I ran with it. I was like, okay, so when I get my, when I get a buzz out here, when I get my name out here, I'm gonna just do an, an urban show. And then the coat and then COVID hit. Uh, and then that's And then COVID hit and it shut everything down. So everybody, everybody was just sitting, but I wasn't, I was game plan. I'm like, all right, what's next? I, I and then that's when the backyard shows was happening and then warehouse shows and one thing led to another yeah i saw a few pictures of them like you were doing in parks and streets is that right mm -hmm. yep we were doing them in uh parks we would do like pop-up at uh parks we would do them at uh beaches we would do them in warehouses we would do them at uh literally in someone's backyard um in someone's house just being you know just because the world should, you know, just because they they stop us from, you know, going to the comedy club. If you're a comedian for real at heart, you'll find a way. Because this is, I don't know about everyone else. This is how we get, this is how I get paid, you know? I make a living off, yeah, I make a living off comedy. I have a kid, so, you know, this is how I make a living. So, I got to do it. And is that, because I noticed in the other interview that I saw you with, you mentioned that Kobe Bryant was one of your heroes. 
and does does he sort of inspire you in a way is that the fact that you got a kid and that you look to sort of heroes like him do you think that gives you that extra bit of motivation than perhaps a 20 year old person who's just got out of college and is just gigging uh yeah kobe it's just his mentality you know it's just he just he was relentless and tenacious and he just didn't like i love his his mental like the mental side of everything like you know once kobe hit everybody like was shook you know it's like what we do now like yeah what do we do now like you know everybody say uh what's the saying they always say uh i'm going blank right now i'll come back to it but i don't i don't like when people make excuses because there's some there's a roadblock you know there's a roadblock in front of you jump over that motherfucker you know jump over it walk around like get around it you know like find your like all right it's a roadblock all right get get around it how you gonna get around it you know instead of just saying oh man it's a roadblock i don't well, let's wait. Let's wait for some help. Let's wait. Let's wait for AAA. Let's wait for somebody. You know. Let's wait for the tow truck. Let's, or you do it yourself. But do you think the the fact that you were into basketball probably helps with your so two things? Do you think you, it gives you maybe a bit more of a drive more than so some other comics in some ways because of your you fact that you're an athlete. And the fact that you have a kid that you have to support through comedy, that gives you that extra bit. Because if it doesn't work out, then you could be screwed. It's just like a comedian. Yeah and no. Because as comedians, most comedians, they take that they take that leap, knowing the consequences behind it. You knowing, you taking that leap, you, you knowing the consequences that come with being a comedian. You know that you might become homeless. There might be there might be times where you don't perform for free. There might be times where you bomb for a whole year. There might be time, you know, that all plays a part. So you're gonna give up. That don't get like you you don't you don't give up because you know what was at stake. You know when when you become a comedian, this is all part of the sacrifice. You know that. So it, it don't separate me because I'm a basketball player. I got an extra edge. No, when you go out and you be and you chase the dream as being a comedian, you know what's at stake. You know that some nights you might not eat. You know that some nights you might not have enough money, but you get, but you find a way to get to that set. You find a way to get to that mic. You find a way to get it done. So every, it's, it's no, there's no, no difference in that, you know, because you know what you, you know what you're doing when you, when you're chasing this dream. You know it. You know it. Are there any sort of comics that you that you in the San Diego scene that you go like, my God, your work ethic is amazing. Um. Yeah, there's a guy. It's a couple guys. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody got their own way of, of working. You know, but you know who's working when when you see them a lot. You know, a lot of people can say, "Yeah, I'm working. I'm yeah, I'm yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing that." But if you see them a lot, that's how you know that they're working. They got there. There's there's a lot of comedians out here that's putting in a lot of work in San Diego. A lot of work. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. But I go off, you know, we go and this in this comedy game, and you know, this comedy game we it's based off what you do on the stage, you know? 
it's not what you do, you know, no knock against no Instagram comedians or, you know, people that, you know, do the social media because that's, that's what they do. That's their lane. But when you get on that stage, that's how we know if you're working or not. Because if you get on that stage, guess what? More, more people want to book you. You get more opportunity. That's how we say, oh, she's working or he's working. Oh man, look what they're doing. They're working because they're being seen a lot. The work, you, you doing the work is behind the scenes. You feel me? The work happens behind the scenes. Getting on stage, that's the easy part. That's, we're comedians. This is what we do. We love a crowd. We want the crowd. The hard work is, the hard work is the work that people don't see. That's the, that's the hard part. Doing it, the hard part is doing it when ain't nobody watching. That's the hard part. Because doing it when people's watching, that's what we do. And what, what, so how would you compare the two scenes, like Houston and San Diego, like the culture and like the work yeah. ethic and the way they do comedy? What, what would you say the main differences are? Uh, it's more, um, out here in San Diego, it's more relaxed. It's more, you know, we want to hear your jokes. We want to hear your material. It's a Navy, it's the Navy scene. San Diego is a vacation city. So when you, when people, you know, when you're doing your jokes and stuff out here, uh, people, they want to hear, they want to hear your joke structure, how you come up with that. You know, your experience, we want to see your intellect and your joke writing. Uh, the work ethic is, is like I said, it's bar none out here in San Diego. They, you know, everybody get it in, in their own way. But it's in, in, in Houston, it's different. Like, you know, you got some premiere, you got the Houston Improv down there. You got the secret group down there. You have, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of things out there in San Diego. I mean, in Houston, that is in the work ethic out there. It's, it's, in Houston, it's just it's crazy because everybody is trying to get on on stage, on stage, and now everybody is going to to Austin. So if everybody going to Austin and everybody is saturated in Austin, they go to the they go to Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas. Now they all now it's an all little circuit that's happening, which is great. You know, so do you feel that with COVID, has it changed? Austin? Do you think Austin could be the capital of comedy? No. Yes, yes, it is. Austin is is where everyone is moving. You know, all it takes is one person to be a trailblazer. Joe Rogan. You know, everybody loves Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan moved to to Austin, and now he 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 brought Dave Chappelle, and you know, Dave Chappelle is like a god to some comedians. You know. So everybody is going to Austin. Joe Rogan's getting ready to open up a comedy club, I believe. Now, if you open up a comedy club, it's really going to change the game. But at the same time, now everybody's going to Austin. Now, what I'm going to do out here in San Diego, I want it to be one of the cities that you come to for comedy as well, because it's happening. You know, we got most people from L.A. coming down to San Diego to do shows now because the comedy scene in San Diego is growing. We got three comedy clubs in the same. We got. Sorry about that. Somebody was calling me. We have three comedy clubs in the same corner. On the same corner. We have Madhouse. They just opened up the Laugh Factory this weekend. This past weekend, they got uh, Tony Rock here, Chris Rock's brother. They got Tony Rock here the whole weekend. Uh, and then they and then you walk down the street and you make a left and you got American Comedy Company right there. So it's three comedy clubs within walking distance. The comedy scene down here in San Diego is getting ready to change. 
and then they're opening up another comedy club up uh up north up like northern san diego not northern san diego, like claremont mesa but uh yeah it's getting ready to uh be outrageous this summer for comedy and i, I couldn't be more excited to be a part of the scene out here so how do you see the change then so with it so you're saying that san diego is part of that change and it, but what's going to happen to la and new york because before everything happened they were the sort of big scenes that everyone wanted to go to do you think that they're going to just be small town scenes they, they're going to change oh. from being the capitals to being building cities no they'll always be new york will always be the cap new york would be always be the place to be to do new york la will always be you know, you'll always have those LA and New York will always be those premier cities. It doesn't matter because it's, it's, it's opening up. Everything is opening up now. So everything is a hundred percent opened up now. So it's, it's getting back. Everything is coming back. It's, it's going to take a little time, but uh, us here in San Diego, we got to use the little momentum that we have to, you know, you know, get on the level of the uh, LA's and then get on the level of the Austin's, you know, and get on the level of the New York's and, and the Atlanta, you know, this, you know, when you're, when you're stuck in one genre of comedy, when you're known as a, like a city that's just laid back and, you know, not a lot of people know about comedy out here in San Diego. So you gotta be, you gotta be well-rounded in, 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 in comedy. You gotta have your, you know, you gotta have your clean rooms. You gotta have your mixed rooms. You gotta have your urban rooms. That's what makes a, a comedy scene, you know? So I'm just doing my part by, you know, having the best urban comedy uh, show in the city right now. So, and just, you know, mixing it up. I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't want to just do urban. Sometimes I, I want to do, you know, a clean, a clean room or, a, you know, just mix it up just to be well-rounded with comedy. So it's coming, it's slowly but surely, but this comedy, you know, you know how it is in this comedy. It takes a long time to really, really pop. You really got to put your time in. You really got to put your reps in. Mm. You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues. And me being only four years into comedy, you know, I'm doing a lot, but I know there's a whole lot that I got to, I, I got to learn. There's a whole lot I got to endure. There's a whole lot of losses I got to take, but that's part of the game. You know, like I said before, as comedians, you know what you get yourself into when you get into this, into this industry. This is not no uh, pat you on the back uh, participation industry when you on that stage we want to see what you can do the people want to see what you can do when people spend their hard-earned money to come see you perform it's your job to put put on the show because they want to see you put on the show and so we got to be ready so it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see what happens out here in san diego and so what's the what's this what's the structure the san diego scene like what are the how if my name was um was Donald was 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 CJ Trump and I wanted to start doing comedy in San Diego how would I work you know if I wanted to start and how would I work in progression what the main clubs and how do I go from open mic to all the various levels to headlining just come out here and get on the open mic scene come out here get on the open mic scene and just be funny just it's 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 just like any other scene. You find out, you know, once once you do an open mic, once people say, oh, you know, you know how it is. Once people see, hey, oh, he's good. Okay, he can handle it. Okay. Hey, they're doing another open mic over here. Hey, they're doing an open mic over here. 
hey, you want to get in contact with this person because they run an open mic over here. Hey, you want to do this open mic? Hey, I know this one person because they got a show. They run a show in this basement over here. All right, just come out. You meet somebody at the basement. You say, hey, I want to, um, such and such told me to come over here. I just want to introduce you. My name is CJ Trump. Oh, CJ Trump. Oh, okay. Hey, just come out, you know, just, just learn, just, just hang out, just hang out. Before you know it, you're doing a show in the basement. Now somebody see you perform a show at the basement. They're like, yo, there's a booker at one of the comedy clubs. They do open mic. Uh, there's a booker at a comedy club. You should get in touch with them. I think you'll be a great host or I think you'll be a great feature. And then once you get into the comedy club, everybody will see you. And then now you never know. Somebody can be in the audience and be like, yo, I have a comedy club in uh, Santa Clemente in San Diego. I would love for you to come out and do a feature spot. Now, now your name is getting out there. And what are the what are the clubs to avoid? And what are the? No, I'm joking. I'm not going to ask that. But what? what ah. <laughs> I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> what 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 are the what are the key places you got to get into? Madhouse, ACC. Um, Madhouse and ATC, but there's a lot of a lot of independent shows are happening out here in San Diego now. Those are like, those are the shows that's happening. But Madhouse, ACC, and then Laugh Factory just opened up. So, those are the three clubs you want to be in in uh, San Diego. But there's a lot of independent, ind there's a lot of independent shows that are happening that are big out here in San Diego due to COVID. But since everything is opening up, those independent shows are getting bigger because they're knocking out the two drink minimum. Yeah, now that is, that's one of the things in the UK we don't, we do bring a shows where you have to bring people along in London, but we don't do any of these paid nights or any, any of that. We, we completely we, rip people apart. There's there's bringer shows out here in the US. There's bringer show, but we don't in San Diego, there's not a lot of bringer shows. No, there's not, but there's see the in these independent shows that we're doing, you don't have to like so you'll do a show with a bar. Say you do a show with a bar and uh they sell drinks and stuff like that. You won't you don't have to you just charge like 15, 20 dollars for people to come in for the show. And then don't have a two, just have an open like a, a a full bar. But if you go to a comedy club, you got to pay the ticket, and it and and it has to be a two drink minimum, which means you have to buy two drinks. Okay. See, with these independent shows, you don't have to you don't have to have two drinks. You could just pay to you just have to pay to get in. But realistically, who's going to come to a comedy show and not spend money on drinks? Yeah. Very rare. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I, that's true. I, I rarely ever see it, and it's, it's, and yeah, of course. And they're easy to make laugh when they're drunk. <laughs> yeah. It knocks, it knocks the middleman out, which is the two drink minimum. Now, I watched in your other podcast that you described San Diego as that quiet girl. But when they go out drinking and partying, they let loose. Explain yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So San Diego is like you. Uh, 
you'll go to a you'll go to a comedy club and everybody will be all like uptight and, and stuff like that. You know, they're uptight, but as soon as they start drinking, I'm talking about as soon as it's like it's like they hit get hit with the space jam juice, you know? Like they get like they drink, like it's like once they like once they drunk, it's like they're really like they're all right. So you you ever go to a party? You ever go to a party and you walk in and everybody is all quiet and like scared to talk to each other and stuff, and everybody's all calm and stuff. And as soon as everybody starts drinking and stuff, everybody is talking and mingling and like hugging each other and stuff like, like, hey, when you came in, I, I saw that you had these shoes on. I'm like, okay, so when I first came in, why didn't you say something about my shoes? Why, why you gotta get drunk and get comfortable and then talk about my shoes, you know? That's how San Diego is. So basically you're saying, is this saying the Richard Pryor joke, like when people are drunk, angry, or a child, they're honest, and that's what you're saying mm -hmm. with San Diego. When they yeah, drunk, yeah. the real then yeah. comes out. Yes, the real, yeah. Sober mind, uh, uh, they say, uh, drunk mind speaks sober thoughts. Hmm. And what, what what about Houston? What's what what kind of girl is Houston? Is Houston the one that beats you up? And is Cleveland the one that there's fifty press ups? I don't know. No, uh, Cleveland, um, Houston gonna beat you up. Houston gonna beat Houston. Houston gonna beat you up. Cleveland gonna beat you up and shoot you. Oh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, what's, what's the culture of those other two places? But how did so you see? I don't know here? about the I don't know about the Cleveland scene, uh, all like that. I just know about I just know how the lifestyle in Cleveland, the okay. lifestyle in Cleveland. I don't know the comedy scene. Cleveland don't have like a they have one, two comedy clubs, uh, hilarity, hilarities, and the Improv, and then Houston, Houston is is just gone. Houston have two scenes though. Houston have two scenes. It's it's. It's actually a good scene. Houston actually is a good, a good scene, but the Houston will will give it to you. Will definitely give it to you. Give it to you because it's because it's hot. It's always hot in Houston. It's never like it's it, when it rains. Like you know when they say when it rains it pours. It really rain. It really pours when it rains in Houston. Like it like it rains like rains. But when it's hot, it's hot like. It'd be like 110 degrees on on a on a Wednesday for no reason. Oh, so yeah, it's very up and down. Reason. Yeah, exactly. Very up and down. But what's, what's they average like 90 degrees? Like they average 90 degrees. But how do you describe the personality of the people and the people around there? Like, are they in uh, Houston? Do they like to banter it's, a lot? No, it's it's. They're actually sweet. They're actually like it's really southern hospitality for real. Like it's really, it's really sweet. But if you, if you like get them, if you, if you give them some like some sweet tea, if you get some crawfish or something, you know, they, you know, what I'm saying they have a good time. It's really like family oriented in Houston. Like the the people is like really family oriented. But yeah, no, they cool. They they real cool. They, the, the culture the culture is really it's like southern hospitality it's barbecue it's uh cookout it's uh let's go have fun let's let's go uh party let's go you know oh. let's go turn up yeah 
And what about what's his face? Um, what about Cleveland? What's the culture there? They like, do they banter a lot? Like saying, "Look at your shoes, they're crap." Ha ha! Look at your. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, you get your. We we roast you. You know you. You come in. You come in the spot. You better be ready. You better be ready because we gonna we gonna tear you up. And that's just you know that's how we respect each other. Like you know we roast you. You know what I'm saying? We roast each other. Okay. So if I went in there to in Cleveland, I went like, "Yo, you right, mate? Look what you're doing, mate." Da -da 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 -da. It'll be all right. Oh, if you go to Cleveland, they gonna tear your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were like, man, this man, we gonna they gonna fire you up, man. They gonna they gonna tear you up, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you. They gonna tear you up. Good. <laughs> but what, what? So with so with the what would you say is the thing? So you've gigged in different parts of America, mm -hmm. right? So you said mm -hmm. Houston, uh, San Diego, and maybe you've done a few gigs in LA. But what mm -hmm. other states have you performed in? And what have you noticed in terms of the style of comedy or jokes or humor? I did comedy in New York. And... Go ahead. How do they all differ? What have you noticed the key differences between each of the, each of the different cities you've performed at? Uh, New York is it's like uh, they take it like serious. It's like a it's like a profession out in New York. What, what comedy out there in New York and Houston is too. Uh, they do a lot of um, they take it serious in, in Houston too, but it's more of a um, how can I put it? It's 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 more of a uh, like a hobby to me. It's like a hobby in Houston. Don't get me wrong, it has its, its, its mainstream spots, but it's more like a hobby in Houston. Cleveland, I really don't know the, the, the comedy scene because I, I haven't started in it. I haven't done no comedy in Cleveland. LA is like, uh, it's like entertainment. It's like the entertainment comedy. It's like the entertainment comedy scene, like the, the people that you see on YouTube, the people, you know, mainstream comedians. Uh, San Diego is is building its way to be uh, mainstream. You got a lot of comedians out here that that travel a lot. Um, Atlanta is more of a uh, it's the urban it's the urban comedy. It's where you you know you get your respect. You know, as a black comedian, you get your respect in, in like the Midwest and Atlanta. So Chicago, uh, you got Chicago in the Midwest. You got uh, Detroit. You got Cleveland. You have uh, those are the the main. Uh, you got St. Louis too, St. Louis. So uh, though all those spots are they definitely different from one another. So, but how do you how do you just a different how do you just your humor differently? So if if I go to Detroit, do I say, "Oi, stupid person in the front row, get off the stage," or if I go to New York, I I start saying, "Hey, come on, what's going on here?" Or like, how do you, what do you do to adjust to different rooms? You gotta, you read the room. That's, as a comedian, that's how you, that's how you read the room. You watch the other comedians that go before you. 
but if you're not before them, what do you? How do you prepare? Oh, you just you just be you, like just be you. Don't try to like don't be just because you're in another city. Don't be trying to like talk like how they talk. You know what I'm saying? Like be you. What makes like that's what make that's what's gonna make it funny. Okay, but like in terms of because I you see that interview you said that you saw with me and Lynn Ruth Miller, Miller who started at comedy in seventy and did it in eighty. She said with some of her jokes, they don't suit certain parts of the UK, so she she has to adjust the set a little bit. Oh yeah, she just yeah just adjust it. Like all right, so if I go to if I go to UK and do some comedy, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my same comedy that I do in the US. I'm gonna do it in the UK. Okay. And but, if y'all don't if y'all don't like it, I'll be like, all right, I just I'm like, all right, I know what to do now. But I won't know if I don't like if I why would I switch up something if if it's working? Just because okay. I'm in you just because I'm in the UK. If I'm in the UK, I'ma still say it. I'ma still say it how I say it in in the in the US. But ah, I'm, okay. I'm gonna do some, yeah, I'm gonna of course I'm gonna do some some research or I'm gonna say, all right, or I'm gonna yeah, that's what I was read the room, I'm gonna read the room or I'm gonna look at what people drinking, I'm gonna look at what people dress wearing and just feed off that. But I'm gonna say my same shit. I ain't gonna I'm not switching up nothing. Oh, okay. Because it, yeah. it's it's been an interesting point because I had a comedian on from Northern Ireland and when he performed in Asian countries, he used to get people from those nations and he'd have a chat with them. They'd go through a set a bit and he would see if, if there's any chance that it could cause an offence. Like in Thailand, he spoke to one of the comics there and he told them, you can't make any jokes on the king. If you make any jokes on the king, you get sent to prison. Make some jokes where? in thailand about the king you about the king yeah oh you go to jail you make some jokes about the king yeah well shit i can't go go to thailand and shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the I'm king could be man. sitting right there and i'm gonna talk about it there i'm sorry man <laughs> <laughs> no but, i mean so yeah i don't you feel that yeah, okay, I got it. Basically, you're very much like, look, this is me, and if you guys don't like it, it's a take it or leave it offer, effectively. Basically, yeah. Yep. I don't understand how a comedian can be uh, censored. I don't understand how you can censor, like, don't talk about this or don't say this. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't live by that creed it's it can be a bit is is it a problem that sometimes happens in america as well because in the uk it can be can get a bit too woke at times it will get a bit too sensitive like one yeah comedian. like it's comedy like you have to like i don't what, what's what's sensitive in comedy what's what's too sensitive like what I, I don't understand i'm not that comedian to be uh to just watch what i say or you know nah if it's funny, if I, you know, it's funny. I want to ask you this question. One comedian from the UK, when he was being sent an offer to do a university gig, they said no jokes that could be, um, let me, let me put it up for you. Cause it's, you, you're going to laugh at this and I really want to see your reaction to it. Um, cause they said things like no, no jokes on race, no jokes on culture, no jokes on religion. 
Like it's a, it was a ridiculous behavioural contract where no tolerance policy on topics of racism, sexism. Uh, the group believes in speech, but it it was basically it, there was so much. Yeah, this is what it would. This is what it is. By signing this contract, you're going to a no tolerance policy in regards to racism, sexism, classism, ableism, ableism homophobia. Bigophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, or anti-religion or anti-atheism. All topics must be presented in a way that is respectful and kind, and does not mean that these topics cannot be discussed. Damn. <laughs> That's a lot of shit right there. I'll send you the link and you let me know. Wow. What you think. So damn, you can't talk basically. No. Effectively, <laughs> that's what he was saying. And he yeah, you, speak- yeah, you can't talk. He did a big tweet on it, and it made him famous. That's crazy. I would have went in there and talked about all that shit. <laughs> you was at a college? Yeah. This was at a college? I would have been like, who getting fucked tonight? That's what I would have said. <laughs> <laughs> Probably none of them. <laughs> right. But there was the same sort of case in America as well with Nimesh Patel. He made some joke and they over-censored him, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Well, some, oh, okay, I will say this. Some universities do, they they say, all right, don't talk about, uh, like if you do like a Christian college, of course, they don't want you to be talking about fornication. They don't want you to be talking about sex and so Well, you, I can slip it in there some way, somehow. You can reference it, but you won't say it in a vulgar manner. You would just suggest certain things, won't you? I was just, yeah, I was just like, you know, I'll just say something that is real, like, <laughs> like I don't know. I'll say some, something that's wild, not wild, but something just like, oh, I can't believe he said that. Hmm. What's, so what's, what's it like? Because I hear, I spoke to a New York comic and saying that, um, she gigs in the New York scene, but she also does a lot of colleges and she goes on the road a lot. How, 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 what's, what are those, how do they work? Like the college circuit and the road circuit? Because I hear that some people, when they go on the road too much, they get a bit too hacky. Uh, the college circuit comes from like, just like who, you know, like, college just you know they speak to each other like yo book this person and then uh, a comedian might just want to do a college tour like they just do like just going to roll ahead all like the colleges in the area or college the major colleges and then um like you being on the road you said comedians say if they be on the road they, they become hacky yeah i've heard some people say that you try and balance out the amount of gigs you do if you if you're just a road comic yeah, you get a bit too hacky. That's what I hear. I've not done them, but that's what I've that's what I've heard. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that one. You get hacky if you be on the road too much. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to say who said it, but that's that's what they uh, said. I'm just relaying what they. They probably be on the road a lot. Man. They must be on the road a lot. But what? What? How? What's it? How what's it like on the road and what's it like doing college gigs and what's it like doing in town gigs? Well, it's the same. It's all the same to me. There's no 
when them lights come on, it's showtime. You know, that's just, there's no, there's no, uh, the road is, you know, the road is, you know, where you get your, you know, some people get their material from the road, like, you know, experiences and stuff like that. But, you know, every show, every show is different, but the show is the show. Okay. You know, the. But what about the atmospheres and the way sort of the way everything's all structured and the way, not not yourself, but like how how are the things set up and how how, what's the feel when you perform in the rooms? I know that you go in there and what's ever in front of you, you go and conquer it and you do your stuff. But how do they work? As far as like production, yeah, and. How do they treat you, and how do they like? What, what's the setup of the shows, effectively? Oh well, the most the, the shows that I do, I run them. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but when I'm when I'm featuring, uh, I mean, there's there's a green room, there's you know drinks and stuff. They they treat you nice, but the most of the shows that I do, I'm running, I'm running the show, so I have a I have a team behind me, you know. That make sure that everything is taken care of, but and I make sure everybody's taken care of at my shows. So um, you know, you take care, you take care of your people. They, you know, they spread the word. You don't need to go around and say, "Oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that." The people talk, you know. And then they take care of you, sort of thing, isn't it? Basically. And <clears throat> what? So one of the things that a friend of mine went. I mean, this is something that's very relatable and I think goes across all forms of comedy. He says one of the, thing, the things that comedians need to look at to do well are like when you start comparing yourself to others and you're getting so focused on what someone else is doing and you've got to think of like resilience, uh, confidence, uh, self-belief and they're, they're an independently minded where like you want to do your own thing and you're not going to let people... You know, if people say, oh, that's whack or this is whack, you're still going to do it because you believe in yourself. And what... Let me stop there. I need to have a think about a question. What... Do you, do you find that sometimes happens around in sort of... A lot around in the San Diego scene as well, where people, like, they start focusing on what other people are doing. They get distracted you start making as you said before like some people you hate when people make excuses do you find that also happens quite a lot in comedy where people yeah. around you will make excuses or they yep. they're very needy and they need other people's yep. approval and they don't yep. do comedy that they like but they do comedy more that they think other people will like that's that's life in general you know that's just and comedy is just like that you know Everybody want to wait for somebody to give them something. Hey, I have this show for you. I have, hey, come from, instead of just making a way for themselves, for themselves, you know. And that's just in life period. People just wait for somebody to give them opportunities instead of just go get it, you know. And comedy is just like that. There's no, that's, that's in comedy. That's, I feel like that's the number one thing why people get into comedy. Because they see what somebody else is doing. They're like, oh, I want that. So how did you get that? Oh, this person not knowing that this person went through all this bullshit to get to where they are right here. Or right there. But it's a big thing. I think people get a bit like they get a bit negative because oh, this person got signed in two years. 
this person got this opportunity less than me. This person did that. And they get their role. That's their role that, you know, everybody got their own little role. Somebody, some people might take two years. Some people might take four years. Some people might take eight years. Some people might take 15 years. Some, you know, it depends on that person, depending on that person's, you know, work as that person's role, you know? And what's one of the things that happens a lot in the UK is we have a lot of festivals where we build our shows and there's a lot of festival comedians that just focus on building their shows. They get a big, big award. And then there's others that focus on being on the mainstream circuit, they book, book for clubs and then they get signed. But is there anything sort of, how does that, how do the festivals sort of work in America? I've heard of the Boston festival. I heard that there's a San Francisco festival, uh, obviously the Montreal festival. How do they generally work? Is it just pro company? It's, no, it's it's the same. The, the festivals is to be seen. That's it. Because all the agents, all the networks, all everybody that you know in the industry are at these festivals. They want to see who's the best. They want to see who's fun. So festivals are just to be seen, to get representation, to get uh you know connections, networking. It's a, it's a big networking thing. Festivals is like networking. Be seen get representation get management you know books you know you can possibly book something off the festival and what what has been a sort of a who's who's been an example of people that you've gigged with where you've seen something amazing for them and that sort of pushed you on even further I don't, I'm not somebody that, that sees, that use somebody else's, uh, what they're doing to fuel me. I, I'm, I'm already, I'm already ready fuel, you know, uh, I'm my biggest competition. That's how I look at it. I, I don't, I don't need some, I don't need to watch a comedian say, oh, that's going to make me work even better. No, when I wake up, I'm like, you know, let's get it in. I'm already, I'm five, five years ahead of everybody. So. Do you, I I I compete with myself. I don't I don't compete with no. I compete with myself. Do you do you treat every day a bit like an athlete? Do you do as like what Kobe used to do? He used didn't he? What was this routine that Kobe used to do where he used to get up four hours earlier and by doing oh, that yeah. he, he fit oh, in yeah. way more training sessions? Mm-hmm. Do you apply that same sort of thing to comedy? Yeah, because everything is comedy. I'm uh I'm always thinking comedy like. If I'm at a funeral, I'm looking at what's funny. I'm look, I'm looking at like every every. It doesn't matter what I'm what I'm doing. I'm always writing in my head. I'm always coming up with something. I'm always coming up with a show. I'm always coming up with a master plan. I'm always coming up with something. So yeah, that's like me training my mind. That's why I have a, a very good memory. That's why I don't I don't write jokes. Uh, it's just all it's. I write bullet points and, and off those bullet points, I can go five minutes, 10 minutes on just this one, this one premise. I write premises. I don't write the whole joke. I just write a premise. I just, I see something I say, if I uh, see a girl in the club in the wheelchair, I just write girl in the club in the wheelchair. And I can go five minutes talking about that. 
and with everything that's sort of happened in comedy and you're on your comedy journey what has been a moment that has really shocked you like what's been the maddest thing you've seen a comedian or an audience member do nothing you've not seen any mad moments you've not had any moments that been like what the fuck is this oh. Uh, oh, I, I was at an open mic. I, was, uh, I got this Michael Jackson joke, and uh, this uh, this guy, I don't know. He was like, I was talking about Michael Jackson. He was like, "What you mean, the rapist?" And, and I just ended my set because I, I felt myself uh, getting uh, agitated, and I didn't want to do anything that was going to have me regret. So I was just like, oh, "All right, I just." You know, I'm just like, whatever. I finished my, my set and then I got off stage. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. That was the only time I felt like it was like a what the hell moment. And is it is it something that you were always remember? Always, always. One of the maddest moments that I've seen on stage is where someone pissed into a bottle. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> have you had anything wow. like that like because we, we never <laughs> okay and what do you feel what, what do you feel that comedy has given you that you didn't have before comedy how has peace. it changed your life peace mm -hmm. peace why has it given you peace? Um, I just love the whole uh, process of being a comedian, and that—that's like, uh, that's my that's my downtime, you know. Like me train me training my mom, me always thinking comedy. Uh, I'm relaxed. When I'm relaxed is when I'm at. You know, I feel like when a person is relaxed is when they at at their best. That's how Kobe was. Like he, nothing like the. The big moments never frighten him. The big moments never like it was always even kill, you know. You stay, you don't stay, you don't get too high, you don't get too low, you just stay even kill. So it's you know, it's just giving me peace. Hmm. And he what he I think one of the things he used to say is because he used to work so hard and he knew he put the work in, he didn't feel he had anything to worry about. Mm -mm. So when I go on stage, it's like it's show it's go time. It's just like I put the work in, I put the time in. So come and get me, audience. <laughs> Let's see what you got. That's right. Now, for anyone that wants to find out about you and your work or wants to get in contact, what is the best way to do that? My website, Instagram, my website, Weston Young, Weston Young ENT.com, W E S T O N. Y-O-U-N-G-E-N-T dot com. Bilal Young Official, B-I-L-A-L, Y-U-N-G Official on Instagram. Um, yeah, my website have, have all my dates, has everything that I'm doing on my Instagram. Likewise. Uh, yeah, man, I'm out here getting it in in San Diego. So. All right. So, guys, if you want to get a laugh, you go, you follow Bilal and he's there for you. Thank you.